Cracking that can. We rolling? We're rolling. here in Burbank, California. We're listening to a little bit of music right now from Wipers, a band that Nirvana didn't tell you that they listened to as much as they did. Wipers. All their music is available direct sale from the artists on the website called Google Wipers Band. This is So Young from Over the Edge. You got enough of it? That's enough of that. That's enough. Listen to Live to Tape with Johnny Pemberton here on the Feral Audio Network. Please rate and review and subscribe. It's a triplicate done in succession. will cause you to be paid in the brain in something that we don't have a, a symbol or an ability to evaluate yet. It's coming. Science is working on it every single day, trying to find a way to evaluate that with, that with which is payment in the brain in the form of serotonin and other sort of chemicals like that. Rate, review, subscribe, and come on down to Twitter and check out everything that's going on. There's a tour happening in February, February 13th, 15th, 16th, 17th, San Francisco, Portland, Vancouver, and Seattle with Johnny Pemberton and Josh Fadum on the road getting hit up and knocked down and flipped about. If you're interested in taking a part of that, go ahead and take a part of that. Search it up on your internet history and Google it and buy tickets in advance. It's the Kiss My Ass West Coast Tour. Hey Shane. Hello. Welcome. Hi. How are you? Is it, you're a tall guy. That mic's kind of short for you, isn't it? Uh, yes. You, have yeah. to, you don't have to stoop. Can I you, can, can I you can adjust yourself? You got I it. I can do things. Yeah. These are heavy duty mics. There you go. There, huh? Beauty Clark. How we sound out there, Matt? Everything sounding good? You guys sound good. How's it? Doesn't sound. It doesn't sound. We're not feeding back. We're not overdriving. It's just generally good, isn't it? Okay, great. Okay. Uh, that's our studio engineer right now. Ooh. Are you familiar with the concept of this? No, I don't okay. have one of those. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Ha I only have one when I'm here, but it's still a good thing to have. But yeah, you've got a popper stopper there to keep you from doing stuff like... You know, I've actually broken several of these. I, I used to work as a popper stopper. You popped stopper. right through a pop stopper. That was could, you, where a pop couldn't be stopped, huh? Yeah, it was an unstoppable popper. Ooh. <laughs> you cannot stop my pops. <laughs> Top of the pops. I'm rolling off some of the mids and highs right now to give us a real... A real, a real beautiful tone. Oh, okay. Sort of a, I'm sort of what you call a tone Nazi. Um, I, 
I would not know how to do any of the things that you're doing right now. See? And so yeah. you might be doing nothing at all, but it looks like magic to me. Small things, just to get it so get it in that nice little perfect, sure. the perfect, the, the rift valley of sound, I call mm. it. It's where the, the bonobos and the chimps separate, and we, we go forth in love. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This is cool because this is one of the first podcasts I've planned significantly far in advance. So it was nice. Really? Yeah, because usually it's like I scramble, like, oh, okay, can you do this? Like I'll ask like six people and three of them will respond and then I'll have to figure out, I'll have to triage the person's, just just madness. And this was simple because you've been on the road as a comedian. Mm-hmm. Want to introduce yourself? How, how do you I'm like Shane to be introduced? Moss. I'm Shane Moss. <laughs> Shane Moss is a comedian. Yeah. You've been on the road in this fucking mad dog schedule. Yes, I have. I, I started a tour last October called A Good Trip. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and from October until Christmas, uh, it was basically a new city every day. And then I thought it was going to slow down after that, but January was basically the same. I, I'm... I had it blocked in to give myself some days off in January, so I wasn't doing like Monday and right. Tuesday. I was only going to be doing like three or four nights a week, and then I ended up filling a bunch of those in as well. So you know? when you say you fill them in, like how last minute? Pretty last minute. So All of just... a sudden, it'd be like, oh well, I guess I'm near Indianapolis, and I could go back through. And so I have a few other things that I'm working on now. So my show, A Good Trip, is a show about psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I have it down. It's ready to be recorded for a special and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm now using the next part of this tour to fi- fill in some other things to work on some of the other shows that I'm working on, which is doing my podcast, Here We Are Live, in some places. And then I also have a talk about DMT that I just started giving. And so... So how um, is the talk? See, to listeners, to, to bring you up to speed here, mm-hmm. your tour, A Good Trip, is not... It's not um, it's not literal. It's a metaphor about the use of hallucinogenic, sorry, psychedelic drugs. Yeah. As in tripping dog. Yeah. As in tripping dog. Bro. So it's about that. <laughs> yeah. And so you, so your your shows, they're uh, they're sort of a mixture of things, right? It's not like you're going out. It's not just a stand up show, is it? Um, yeah, but it's not. It's also not like a one man show in the sense right. that I'm like not changing wigs and stuff okay. like that. I don't have yeah. any like special like tech needs or any, there's no like stuff. Which nothing wrong with any of that stuff. I'm just right. lazy and don't do any of it. So your writer's a stool, a microphone, and two two waters. Yeah, well, usually a beer. Um, okay, but I uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I have a so I. The way that I describe it to people, and I think it's fairly accurate, which is is that it's a third stand-up about psychedelics, a third kind of humorous uh, um, stories of some of my experiences, right. and then it's a third kind of TED Talky. So there's a lot more information and stuff in there. My podcast, here we are. I travel around interviewing scientists about their research, and so I sort of try to integrate some of that. Right. It's actually how how the uh, show came together in the first place was just me racking my brain trying to figure out how I could talk about some of these science ideas in stand-up. I've tried to do it the last couple albums that I had. And it, I, I could never figure out how to market, like, hey, come and hear a comedy show about how the brain works. It's a and, tough thing. It is like a it is a tough thing because they seem sort of opposed to some extent. But also I feel like there's this thing where 
at least I feel like I do as a comedian, I self-censor myself thinking that, oh, no one's going to be interested in this or no one's no one's going to want to hear these two things when really, uh, I heard Colin Quinn say a long time ago, he was like, you just if you just talk about what you're interested in, it's going to be funny as long as you're funny. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think so. I mean, even even the so the DMT talk that I've been giving, and yeah. I call it a talk because it is not a comedy show. <laughs> I, like, I like to try to say, it's I'm a like, speech. This is not. I'm just going to be talking about my experiences and exploring it and exploring some of my ideas in depth. And but even that gets a fair amount of laughs, and sometimes yeah. people are like. Well, that was just as funny as your other show was. And right. I'm like, well, that's probably because I lowered the bar for the amount of laughter that there's going to be. Yeah. Um, Releasing the need to understand. Yeah. But <laughs> but but I, I really, I mean, I very much agree with that. I, and I don't think, uh, I don't think it has anything to do with like needing it to be about science or like some high concept stuff. I think if you're into cars and that's just what you're obsessed with mm. and you're not ever talking about cars in your act, then you're missing out on something yeah because it's what you want to it's what you're it's interested who you are. in so it's informing your what you talk about <laughs> i feel like we're getting further away from one another oh the gravitational field is turning around i'm coming back up i guess i guess i'm back up here i am Back. Here we are, back in the Vatican. It's so great to be here in the Vatican. <laughs> la popa, la pio. Well, that's, that's I guess that's my big question for you. I, I mean, is because you're from Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm from Minnesota. Oh, really? Yeah. Where? Rochester. Oh, well, I have family in Rochester. You, you do. La Crosse, Wisconsin. La Crosse, that's so yeah, close. That's like that's 45 like, minutes away. La Crosse is closer to Rochester than most places How old in are Minnesota. You? I'm 35. 35? I'm yeah. 36, almost 37. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you ever go to Island Fireworks? Island Fire. Uh, oh, I bet I have. Yeah. That, that's right, like right off the interstate. It's right uh, off. It's right by Red Wing, I think. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's where we Minnesotans would go to get fireworks. Yeah. So they were illegal. <laughs> so. That's crazy. There, there was always little places that you yeah. could go, these underground places to oh, get really? bottle rockets. And, this place yeah. was above ground. I found out about it because the people who used to live in our house <laughs> had a brochure from like the 70s from them, and they turned out to still be there. And it was like, I begged to go to go into fireworks, and we got some fireworks. It felt like my first drug deal when actually it was totally above board, really. Yeah, I mean, I think for... Um, young Midwestern men, uh, yeah. fireworks are just like a really big part of our lives. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's replacement for everything else. <laughs> but it's replacement for drugs, drinking, and sex. Yeah. I wasn't doing any of that at right. the age of like fourteen. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. So you grew up there, mm -hmm. and you, I guess, what I'm getting at or want to get at is like, you have like this. Uh, you've taken like this pretty intense psychedelic journey. You like you've really gotten into DMT and all these things like that. How, what, what did you remember a first time in your life when this was something that sort of like, sort of peaked up, like you saw something like that, like, oh, I'm interested in this or what, remember like what made you interested in altered states? Um, I mean, when I was younger, having a very kind of wholesome Midwestern yeah. upbringing, and I was raised Catholic, and Me too. I had to Jesus Christ, go yeah. to church every Sunday and yeah. do the Wednesday CCD thing, and and um, CCD. Tell listeners what that. That's is. Uh, like Sunday school on a Wednesday night. What does it stand for? It stands for something like 
Christian Catholic Development or something like that. Yeah, I don't even know what CCD CCD. stands for. That's how little I paid attention. Yeah, I fucking hated CCD. Uh, And... And it, and then it that that also translated to being very kind of censored in anything that you could talk about right. or say, you know, and 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 so I was just always looking for escapes and like always getting into trouble. And then I I got I think I smoked weed for the first time when I was like uh, toward toward the just before sixteen years old, I think, okay. or maybe I was sixteen. I think I was about the same age, probably. Mushrooms came shortly after that. Me Acid too. came shortly after <laughs> that. And uh, I always loved those things. It was right. it just like, the, it was just, only limited by how much I could access them, basically. But yeah. I would do all of the mushrooms and acid that I could uh, find. But I always mm-hmm. liked mushrooms way more. Yeah. And, and so, but that's still only like, I don't know, five to maybe on a um, year where, like, like if I did... If I tripped ten times in a year, that would be a high amount. I would okay. say. Okay. Yeah. And I, I've probably kept that consistent throughout my life. The only limiting factor has been um, just girlfriends that were averse to really? it and didn't understand it, and I, I didn't know how to articulate it back right. then. Right. And um, it's funny how you look back on stuff. Like I always look back on stuff and think about how. How how I would didn't defend my opinions just because I didn't know how, because sometimes you forget like it's okay just to like something because you like it. Not you don't have to have like some sort of a like a laid out lawyerist lawyer like le- legal reason. Like, you would be why. you would be shocked how many people when people ask me what what uh, the crowd is like for my psychedelic show. It's, uh, it's pretty like normal people, but but one thing that I get very consistently is someone who brings their significant other okay. that has never done it and they've been trying to like they don't know how to get through to them. Right. Like I probably was like 10 years ago or so. And um and and that's actually one of my favorite. Is a lot of times that person will come up afterwards, and I've been like, and like oh, well, I, I never it. wanted to do this. I finally kind of understand right. what it's about now. Um, but yeah, I, I had, um, I always had. I've been a comic for thirteen years, and I always had some psychedelic material here and there that mm-hmm. I could just never use in a regular comedy club. You could? Why not? I can use about five minutes of it. Yeah. After five minutes. 10 if they're like a real cool audience yeah after that like people just be like is this what what is the it, it like i think just so many people haven't done psychedelics or they yeah. have even if they did them once when they're in college or whatever just think you're like a crazy person right you know? like a drug addict <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah which is psychedelics are about the least addictive thing on yeah. earth um <laughs> exactly. it's like no one's it's no like one's anti-addictive I, yeah they really very much yeah. are they're nerve-wracking even for yeah. someone like me to mm-hmm. to do um and and then I I started smoking DMT about four years ago. Okay, and which is um, one of the most intense um, psychedelic experiences that right. you can ever take part in. And and I just kind of got obsessed with it because mm-hmm. I was like, well, what the hell is going on there? Everything else I kind of had some interesting kind of neuroscience ideas about what was happening. Right. And so I just kind of got obsessed with figuring it out. Because DMT is, I've never done it before. It's the, it's one of the, I think it's the only psychedelic I haven't 
tried. Oh, there's a lot out there. There's yeah. a ton out there that oh, I've yeah, never yeah, I have never done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But true. but of the of the, the big ones are like mushrooms yeah. and LSD and MDMA are like right. the big three. And MDMA, otherwise ecstasy or whatever, is barely a psychedelic. Right. If you ask me. I feel like it's more psychedelic than people make it out to be, but it's also it's like in the middle. Yeah. Like for people who do a lot of it, don't realize like you're doing a psychedelic drug. Mm-hmm. You're not. It's not like a. It's not like speed or something. What yeah, you, well, yeah. that's got a little speed in there. It does. It depends on what you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get your drug testing kits. MDA? Have you done MDA? Is that uh, sassafras? Yes. Yeah, I have to, I, it's the first thing I did actually, because I was really, I really wanted You're to lucky. try the the precursor as opposed to the uh, the latter thing. Yeah. Yeah. I found, I found that to be a pretty psychedelic. That's way more psychedelic yeah. and mm. less speedy. I love right. that. Um, that stuff is good. It's very. Uh, I feel like that's what it. It's meant to be. That's like what it's supposed to be. It's, um, I've taken it with, uh, like my significant other before mm-hmm. and everything and, and lots of, uh, um, yeah. And I, I, I just don't want to say too much, but, but I've taken it with girls. I, I, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. Um, right. that doesn't want people to know that they do drugs, yeah. but I've taken it with girls before and, and that, and have had it be like, an incredibly beneficial thing for our relationship yeah. and kind of we're able to share a few of the problems we've been having or or some right. feel, in like this way that we can we're able to like forgive each other and one what not mm-hmm. and um well, MDMA used to be used in relationship counseling right, that's quite what a it bit. was yeah i think that's overlooked a lot now is people they take it I think they take it with uh, this idea that it's purely a fun, crazy thing when actually it's something that's really powerful. And maybe you do want to only do it in a place that's uh, safe and maybe you have some sort of guidance, not just going to a fucking amusement park and expecting it to just be that much more fun because it's maybe not because it might unlock things that are... The, it might be too that damn much stimulus yeah, to do something much. like that as that's well. That's what happened with I went with my girlfriend. We went to Disneyland and she took it for the first time, and it was not good for her at all yeah. because it was just it was too many too much stuff. It was too too many things. Yeah, you confront it with so many things that seem innocuous, then they become like like scary. Like uh, what's the guy the candlestick the, can, the candlestick character from Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. That character is f- terrifying. <laughs> that's because it's this big. I don't know. There's this Disney store. There's the Disney store that we were we were walking back to. Cause we decided to leave the park to go back to our hotel, and she sees this thing, and she just is just like, "Oh my god! Oh no!" <laughs> I have to like hold her, like she's basically just have to clutch her all the way back. Oh no! She saw this. The can I can't remember what that character's name is the guy the French the French candlestick guy from Beauty and the Beast he's just this big tower he's like fifteen feet tall inside that Disney store mm-hmm. and it just scared the shit out of her among other things you know yeah I I mean for me I it, psychedelics aren't really a party drug to me when I was yeah, younger right um, sure and and I mean. I'll say that to people, and I've I've heard people be like, yeah, but for some people, going to a concert or a music festival or whatever is like a spiritual experience right. when they're on, and um, I I get that, and if right. that works out well for you, great. Um, I I just it's not what I use them for. Most of the time, if I'm doing a psychedelic, I'm probably by myself. Oh, really? And just okay. sitting and writing and uh, sorting out some things in my head. Um, but yeah, once I got obsessed with DMT like four years ago, I just kind of, uh, I I I just 
couldn't really stop thinking about it. I, I'm kind of past that phase now. Okay. I kind of processed what I needed to process, and not in the not in the fact that or the, in the sense that I needed to like smoke it all the time. Right. In the sense that I needed to sort out and like work and read and try to figure out what the hell it was that I was seeing. Yeah. And because some it looks like like different worlds and different dimensions and blah blah blah. And, so this, and, this is the first after the first time you did it, it was it had a significant impact on you. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember what? Do you remember like aspects of it that were? What aspects of it were so impactful? I mean. I smoked it, and then basically I landed in this like hologram computer chip city made out of codes that was talking to me, and I it looked super familiar for some reason. It was talking to me clearer than I've ever understood anything in my life. So, were you? Uh, do you have your eye? Do you have your eyes closed at this point? How's well? What's, what's I did. Like so that? usually I use these. Uh, um, Mindfolds is just a, a company name of they're they're just eye masks, but they okay. but these ones in particular have foam around the eyes, so you can have your eyes open okay. within it, and the light's still blocked off. Right. I very much prefer that one. I feel like you can get deeper into it, and even if you, um, I mean, if you smoke enough, you're going to get there no matter what, if your right. eyes are open or not. But a lot of times, this. You'll still see this perception with your eyes open, but it mm -hmm. will be kind of, it will be like a glare on the TV screen of the okay. DMT world that you're in. So it just makes it a little harder to yeah, I get make that. sense of. Right. Um, not that you aren't seeing it. Um, you're still seeing the same thing. It's just, it's, it's, it's two, seeing two things at once. So it's yeah, harder to yeah. pay attention to both. And, um, yeah, I mean, after that, I, I was just like, what in the world? What? And for a while, it's like, was that real or is this real? How can both this world right. and that world be real? Exactly. And, and um, and I, I don't. I mean, I, it doesn't. Uh, I'm not as obsessed with it as I used to be. But right. that that was kind of the inspiration from just thinking about that stuff so much that I ended up creating some material about it just naturally. That mm -hmm. you know, like you said, write about the things that yeah. you're obsessed about and thinking about, and. And I had like 13 years of psychedelic material, and then um, my agent at the time heard me talking about DMT on a podcast and was like really interested. And I was like, well, I have like two hours of material about this right. stuff. I was planning on doing a show eventually. I was actually really nervous about outing myself as a... As a, I, I kind of kept it to myself. Even talking about DMT on podcasts, originally, it just kind of slipped out. I was okay. talking about other things, and yeah. then it just naturally happened in the conversation. I never went into a podcast and was like, hey, can we talk about DMT? It yeah. just happened. Is that legally? Is you worry about legally or just worry about it? No, I mean, one— stigma. The stigma of it. Yeah. I mean, I one of the concerns that I had that turns out to be definitely— not that much of a concern as right. I thought it would, is um, that I, my science podcast, I have to get these professors all over the right. place who Jeez. who sometimes have to like worry about their reputations and whatnot. And okay. It can be sometimes hard to get these people, and I don't want them to look at my site and be like, what is this guy, some sort of crazed druggie? Yeah. And the, it turns out that scientists, most scientists, are, or, or at least like psychologists and neuroscientists, the ones that... Um, I'm interested in talking to our, right. our like, kind of get it. Right. They're not bit. worried about being smeared. Yeah. And I, I have people that have, that uh, I talked with the neuroscientist once that, uh, I'm not going to say which one it was, but afterwards, I just, because something they said reminded me of a um, something that I 
think about DMT. And then I told him, uh, I told him about it. And he's like, actually, DMT is the reason why I'm a neuroscientist. <laughs> okay. I took it in college. I was going to be, I forget, he was, was going to be a philosopher right. or, or, or I, I don't know what it was or um, some other thing. And then he smoked DMT and was like, oh, I want to know how the brain works. Wow. Yeah. So, so not near as much stigma there as I mm -hmm. thought. The the family stuff is weird. Like you mean with your your family, like your parents. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, I have my uh, well, not my brothers and sisters necessarily, but or my brother and sister, but but uh, yeah, just my family and my extended family, more more my extended family than anything. Really. Um, I yeah. just don't give a shit what any of those people think about me. So I, yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like I uh, like to think that I don't. Oh, really? But I do a little bit. Oh, I, I mean, one, uh, I just like my poor mother just worries so much about what other people's perception is all the time. Like yeah. she basically lives her life through what she imagines other people are seeing in her. I think that's a pretty common baby boomer mentality, actually. Well, especially in yeah. areas where we grew up, yeah. I think it's especially prevalent. It's super, it's kind of, it's crazy. I, I go back home sometimes and I still see that and it's like, there's nothing you can really say or do to to make that person realize that they're being that way. It's right. hard because it's also, I mean, I, I, feel, I feel that way at times because it's it's part of how I was raised and stuff. So like this is weird status seeking comparative thing that you go that goes on that's just so hyper prevalent there because it's like oh it's what people have to do it's like what you do i mean we've all every humans evolved to have these uh, some of these right. status seeking things exactly and, yeah but but i and maybe i'm just saying this cuz i'm from there and i know it better and so i just see it clearer but yeah. it really just seems like it, it seems like small towns but when 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 you're in a smaller town and kind of everyone knows everybody sort of thing and, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to the same church and running into the same people, yeah. that's just going to naturally be a bigger part of of your life. It's yeah. like, you know, the slightest rumor gets spread about you and now everyone in your little area, your little environment, know, and, and we all build things like that up way too much right. in our minds, too, mm -hmm. and... and it's the kind of thing where I always try to give my mom get her high. I've, always, I've tried for years and years and years to get her high. I've kind of given up at this point, but um, just because I want to see... I mean, she likes to drink wine. She loves drinking wine. I think that that's like her personal... Uh, what do you call it? Um, medicine or uh, coping. Not coping, but, you know, uh, what's the word people say for it? Self-medication. Mm -hmm. So she drinks. but I don't, She doesn't drink a whole lot, but she drinks regularly. And I, think, I know it's for that effect, but I always think, what if I, what if uh, marijuana would make it way better? But I also think it might not because yeah. I, some people don't respond to that as no. well. But then, I, then it's like, well, what if maybe that's not what she needs? Maybe she needs to try something, <sighs> try the fucking real the real the master key <laughs> yeah yeah something like a heavy dose of something psychedelic yeah. but I, I do wonder what it would be like for yeah. some of my family members to have just a mild dose of mushrooms right. and, or so a little mushroom tea or something like that and how yeah. they how they'd respond to it. I think maybe I think actually MDA would be an yeah. easy easier transition That's into true. that world. It's just so plus it shuts down um, it limits blood flow to your amygdala more, which is a lot of your like fight or flight stuff. Oh really? So, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and increase. That's why they they use those things for people. PTSD okay. and and so 
Yeah. And then it increases blood flow to your prefrontal cortex, which is a lot of your higher up kind of executive function and decision making. Uh, all these also kind stuff of we don't know about too, right? That's, right? that's the section. That's like the uncharted territory, right? It's yeah, that's it. Was like, like the last part to evolve and, mm-hmm. and um, a little newer and uh, seemingly doing some pretty sophisticated things. And so people are able to process these things that are usually too scary for them to process, right. and they're able to do it in kind of a more intelligent way than normally. Yeah. Um, on a conscious level anyway. And then, and so I think that, because I think the, the problem is, is what I would worry about, say, giving my mother or right. something mushrooms, is, is that some people have such a very firm grasp on what their idea of reality is and Mm -hmm. are just it needs to be this way and like it was funny at christmas my my girlfriend um uh met my my family for the first Mm -hmm. time and she was we were all drinking and having a good time and and it's wisconsin you're drinking yeah yeah and my parents actually were never big drink my dad's a guy who drinks like uh a beer or two every single day and rarely any more than that. That's like, pretty rare. To see them, yeah. to see either of my parents even catch, like, oh, it seems like my dad has a little bit of a buzz right now <laughs> is like once a year or wow, something. Okay. Um, and and my mom's a little bit the same way, but we were getting a little looser than normal. And my, my, my girlfriend was like... I don't know how it got brought up, but but she's like, oh, I'm trying. Uh, Shane's trying to quit smoking, and my mom was like, <gasps> he smokes. smokes. <laughs> And I was like, what are you? You can't tell. And my siblings were there, too. And they're like, you can't tell her that he smokes. He, she's going to go fucking insane now. Did she? Uh, yeah, she? Well, she was like so worried. And, and, and my mom's like, <gasps> and and my, my girlfriend's like, well, how does she not? She's like, how doesn't she know that right. you smoke? I'm like. Because she has to see the world that way. <laughs> like, I'm, we're saying this like to my mom's face. Yeah. We're like, she has to, <laughs> she has to not see truth. And though, like, we can't just. There's things we can't tell her because she has these rosy colored lenses on, and that's the way she needs to see the world. And right. My, and my mom's like, yeah, yeah, that's how I need to see the world. I need to see my son not as a smoker. <laughs> exactly. And so I think for someone like that I, I'm not sure that how I think the response to mushrooms could be very very unpredictable yeah, and, and then the tricky thing with psychedelics is I always tell people to start small and work their way up right but then there's some things where if you if you have too little sometimes you can just like get just enough to be confused mm-hmm. but not enough to actually get the benefit like deep enough to for to, to push get, like, anything the out of the clarity yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's yeah it's a, it's a tough thing because you just can't the dosage parameter is so different for everyone mm-hmm. everything's so personal mm-hmm. it's hard to to prescribe anything and expect a certain effect i feel like that's the case with all medicine like everything even oh, food yeah. everything everything's so subjective to a personal um to personal experience that there's nothing nothing is an absolute at all especially in terms of reactions to any type of drug it'd be nice if with psychedelics that we had clearer guidelines yeah like like, i mean i mean some some people can 
eat fast food every single day and never gain a pound. And other people can eat healthy all the time and still gain weight. Right. And, and there are these huge individual differences. But still we have like a sense of here's some good sorts of practices right. that seem to work overall for the general population. And there's not a whole lot of that with psychedelics. I think there's organizations like Dance Safe and a few other places out there that are like, look, we know people are going to be doing drugs. Yeah. At least give them the information so when they do the drugs, they'll have some guidelines because mm-hmm. abstinence training doesn't work no. with sex education, <laughs> drug so education, nothing. And but but I would like to see uh, ho- hopefully in the future. It seems like there's starting to be more research taking off, uh, which has been so hard because of the way the laws are, you can't yeah. research any of it. It's definitely getting a lot better. There's a lot. It's just more access and more, and more normalized and, and all over the place. You just hear you hear people talking about it who never would talk about it before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it's easy, it's an easier thing. It's not like a, a crazy person thing, right. which I feel like has like a snowball effect where all it has to do is just be a little bit more easy, and then it's something where once that ha- once that lasts for a generation, then those people who grew up in that environment talking about it in a way that wasn't extremely taboo, it's just it's a natural transition. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. not. Hopefully not a pendulum effect. <laughs> yeah. You hope hopefully. it's not a thing where. Because right now it kind of feels like we might be swinging back the other direction with all the way politics work right now. I know. It is strange. Well, I mean, hopefully this – I mean, it also might be the case that this – no one really knows what this current administration Uh, is going to do as far as, like, drug war stuff. It it might be that they're just going to not make it any kind of priority or just hands off. I'd be – to be honest, I'd be a little bit surprised if that were the case, <laughs> um, especially if you're trying to like ban science and get rid of education yeah, and all so, of that. You'd still you'd want to get rid of things that are enlightening people too. Yeah. Um, but but uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. But it seems like right now it's still heading in a pretty nice direction, and right. it might it might be that more there's going to be more demands for. Mm this stuff if if there's a lot of people going through a lot of confusion and things right now you know what's what's interesting is a lot of these um a lot of these like small rural towns right. that we were surrounded by growing up are now falling apart from like meth and heroin because yeah. because these are you know places places like where we grew up there's all these wholesome people mm-hmm. that kind of you know would never think of themselves as someone that could do like some dumb bad drug or become a drug addict or whatever. I'll never and then, do drugs, no. It, Don't <laughs> exactly. do drugs. Never touch. Well, Don't never touch that. Well, but you know, this doctor gave me this this thing for my back, and you know, it felt pretty good. And I was like, well, the doctor gave it to me. Yeah, so, it's you all. Know, I what just the kept, heck? What the hey? You know, what the hey? So just take it. Kind of feels pretty good sometimes. You know, too. It helps me work. Helps me get my work done. <laughs> helps me work. You know, oh, yeah. it's hard to get up in the cold day. In those cold days, I do have a back pain, so pop. Pop that pill from the doctor, from the doctor, pick it up at the pharmacy, and go on into work at 5 a.m. And, uh, you know, I take it because I got to go to work. 
You gotta so go. So I'm to taking work. it work. Not, not doing machinery, like you say. So well, no you know, machinery. it's kind of it's kind of boring. The the those kind of average uh, little uh, tasks where you just kind of got to turn off the brain and you just got to hit a button here and there or yep. and over yeah. again. It's a little repetitive. And man, you have one of those one of those things that the doctor gave me, and it's just like the day flies right by. It's yeah. like sign me up for some overtime, and then it's you're doctor. paying for. Yeah, you know, you're you're helping out. You're working overtime now, and I'm you're helping out. To, I'm doing, good, I'm doing good work. Got, you know, it's got to have a strong back and a weak mind. That's what they always say. <laughs> work hard. Get your nose in the grindstone. Put some elbow grease in and get it done. <laughs> get on down there. Work it out. Don't don't complain about it. It's not cold. It's just nice. Well, then the doctor, he stopped giving me these pills because he was getting a little concerned. And I was like, no, I'm starting to go through a few of these withdrawals. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, you got to yeah, kind of get it somewhere. And <laughs> and this is becoming like a real problem. Yeah. In a lot of places. Especially Florida. Especially Florida. Florida's fucking, oof, that shit's so scary. Because yeah. those drugs are all so addictive. They are incredibly addictive. Yeah, and, just... and and then rural areas too, like something like crystal meth has. Um, uh, if you're in a rural area that has like a lot of tree cover and a lot of open land, yeah, you can, you can set up your labs pretty easily. You can cook. Yeah, you can cook, and then and then also. If you didn't know, everybody, you can cook. You can cook. You can and, cook. And there's some sort of uh, there's some sort of agricultural chemical that's really yeah. good for making meth that it's that they the... just have more access. It's a fertilizer uh, component. Yeah, yeah. They used to find those. I can't remember what it is. It's like I think it's ammonium nitrate or something like that. They used to get out. Be there'd be white tanks fit out in the field, and the methies would go tap it. Yeah, empty it out. They go, they go out in the field and empty out that white tank, and then fill up a gas can and take it to their little meth shed and get some cooking done. Strip off the red vinyl coating of those Sudafed tablets and mash them up with a mortar and pestle. But actually, it's not a mortar and pestle. It's your hand and a rock, and you smash it and you stop learning the difference between the hand and the rock. And by when when you stop learning the difference between the hand and the rock, that's when you know the meth is ready to be primed. To put in the chemical bath inside an old cupcake baking sheet, and you cook it, and then you you drink some diesel fuel, and then you wake up and it's ready to do the math. <laughs> That's how you make math. That's how you make math. That's everybody. how you make math. In case you didn't know. Um, and, and then so a lot of these areas are now having people that are getting addicted to this stuff, yeah. committing more crimes, and then and then also a lot of overdoses and stuff like that. So now these are areas that people used to think of as as you, you know that that's a problem for the inner city, right? You know, this Not is no this more. wholesome area, and Not and no more. <laughs> Not well, it's, no more. That's neat. No, even we have some crackheads now. Yeah. Look at this. But they're, this oh, they're meth heads. They're not crackheads. Uh, they're not doing no oh, yeah. crackhead on no, here. No, no. No, they're just no, doing Sudafed. Just a little pick me up. And <laughs> pick me up. And so, um, and, and so now these pe- places are getting very vulnerable. Right. And when you And when you feel very vulnerable. Um, you you get that much more scared of outsiders uh-huh. and that much more scared of new experiences, new ideas, mm. new information. Uh, you, you you get very focused on, on on like lots of non-conscious levels. You might not even pick up on Survival. it, but once your neighbor neighbor's kids start dying or whatever it might be. Very very primitive kind of survival focus, mm-hmm. and then you start wanting to like 
vote for more law and order. And yet, you right. know, now the threat must be these people in other countries and these different colored people. And it's the threats in your little That's community. an interesting thing. I've never heard someone tie that together, but it makes so much sense. Because mm-hmm. all that stuff, everything's fear-based. All the, Anything negative is always fear-based. And you get, I guess you think about that because it really is an epidemic in the country that like with, with uh, opiates and, and methamphetamine. They I feel at- like opiates is, is the big thing now. That's the thing that's on the rise, right? It's, yeah, yeah. That's well, the thing that- where it's just, the, the statistics are, I don't even know what they are, but every time I see one, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, how is that possible that that many people, I don't know what it is, but how many people die and it's just certain, there's certain, I know certain places in Florida, the death rate for uh, opiate over opiate uh, pharmaceutical overdose is just insanity. It doesn't make any sense. Like mm-hmm. how 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 can you how can that be possible? It's just a scheduled substance. It's also. I mean, have you ever done pain pills before? Yeah, I've done a lot of them. Oh, I've done man. A, a significant amount of them, actually. Well, they're so functional. Yeah, they're until way, they aren't. They're super functional. That's yeah. the thing. I mean. People, a lot of people take them, they take them like speed because you do get a, you do get like a, 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 not a speed like, but you do get an energetic boost from mm-hmm. oh, an opiate high. It gives you, oh, it gives everything's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to, uh, yeah. What was I so worried about? Exactly. Everything's going to be fantastic. Are you kidding me? I'm going to get work done today. I'm going to, yeah. And then, and then the, and you do. And you do. You do. And, and I mean, I, I I love the way those things feel. I went through an injury and I was on them right. for like a year. But but I I do not like the way that um, something like Adderall feels. I don't enjoy it, even though right. there is a bit of a euphoria in there. I yeah. just don't enjoy that feeling. But even still, I took four with me on my tour. Sometimes I'm driving eight hours, then doing two shows, and then driving another eight hours. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna crash my car if I don't. And as much as I don't like th- those things, I'll tell you, if you have to blast out an eight-hour drive and you only got three hours of sleep, no problem. Yeah. You'll get done with that eight-hour drive and you'll still have so much energy like, oh, damn, I hope I can sleep tonight like, yeah. after this show. Like, I ever d- take a couple drinks before getting on stage right. just to knock off the edge of this stuff so I'm not grinding my teeth on stage mm-hmm. like a lunatic. The only problem I have with it is it makes me have to pee a lot. <laughs> oh really? I didn't notice that. Really? Well, maybe, I, maybe so, now you will. Now you'll be thinking about it. You have to peel the fucking yeah, time because yeah. I planted the seed. I know. Well, so I've I've probably taken six Adderall in my entire okay. life. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so they actually I saw something. They they looked and and the they looked at the areas that had the most like rural kind of like white. White death, basically, right. and uh, from over o- ODs and stuff like yeah. that, and those were the areas that ended up voting the most against marijuana mm-hmm. and the most for Trump because they're scared. <laughs> That's all they are. That's they're fun. scared because yeah. because all they they see their whole community collapsing, and um, are are. Uh, Blaming, uh, they don't yeah. know what's causing. They don't know what to they do. So they just, what's it's, just, it. it's an easy, it's an easy fix when someone presents you with an easy answer. Yeah. Just, oh, that's that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When it's it's the outsiders mm-hmm. that are causing all the trouble. It's not, not me. actually the what's in your community. Yeah. So so hopefully, one if, if people can start getting educated on this stuff, maybe people will open up to say something like. Even just legalizing CBDs in these areas or something yeah. like that for a replacement for painkillers. Oh, just definitely. To help with some some of the addiction problems yeah. would would be interesting to see. And, and that's what I think small... psychedelics could really right. uh, eventually 
start breaking people some of their addictions, helping people understand a little bit more about themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, be, because the thing is, is a lot of this stuff, say like um, a lot of the MDA, MDMA stuff that's going on right now, um, there's also plenty of therapy that goes along with it that isn't taking the MDMA. Right. But it can be really hard to get, you know, say people like from our area, the idea of therapy oh, seems like some crazy absurd. sissy stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, it took me a long time to even say that word out loud. I know, I know, exactly. <laughs> and I was raised to say, the idea of meditating, the idea of doing oh, yoga, any yeah. of that stuff was was like, oh, if you would have told me when I was well, 12. <laughs> well, this guy has got, we got, we got a weirdo coming in here, look out, he's got this weird pants on. He's, up, you know, uh, little, you know, he's got purple pants on, running around here trying to tell me what to do. I'll seems like what. a real poof, poofster, I'll tell you. got a he's real poofy here. <laughs> We got a little poof for you from California there. You know, going out. Who knows what he's doing? Call, howling at the moon. Out there howling at the moon, clicking sticks together, calling it music. He's got, look, he's got long fingernails, long hair. He's probably not even showered. Look at that. Is that beard? I don't know. It's halfway to a beard. I don't even know what's going on there. Pick one. Shave or shave or don't. Where are you? Is it winter or summer? This guy doesn't know what's up or down. That's what happens. You live in that weather. Live in that sunshine. It's baked, baked your brain. It makes you think everything's going to be okay. And then next thing you know, start thinking you're totally God and start talking to your feet when you're in the bathtub. No, me, I take a shower. I don't do it. No, no time for baths around here. We got the water. And all those fruity dudes out there in LA bankrupting the water supply, they're all taking baths, doing yoga in the bathtub, clipping their nails on one foot and leaving them along on the other. What's going on here? Get out of town. Don't come around here with your fruity toots. Get your, take, keep, take that fruitcake and put it back where you got it. I don't, we don't want none of that around here. We got enough fruitcake here with Aunt Deb. She's the crazy one already. We got enough weird old stuff for her. She's a crazy old bag. I like the Midwestern character that takes a really hard stance on facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have it or don't you? Pick one. <laughs> what is this? You, you, let's just ask Grant's dead for a reason. Uh, Chester Garfield, all those guys are gone. <laughs> um, and and but the the point is is I think some of these, especially younger people right. that would never say try meditating or therapy or whatever. Yeah. Would be interested in doing, you know, some psychedelic clinical treatment. Yeah. You know, and so maybe you could open people up a little bit. It's sanctioned. It's a thing where it's okay. And it's, uh, you know, drugs are cool and blah, yeah. blah, blah. I mean, if you can use that in the right uh, context. Yeah, galvanize that. I really think that if, uh, I think if more, if people started prescribing or doctors started prescribing uh very specific doses of psilocybin in place of antidepressants. Mm -hmm. If there were hot tub sales went up 10 times, <laughs> and if meditation classes were available for everyone everywhere, then you would have to see like a dramatic reduction in almost every negative aspect of society. I believe that as well. You have the crime would go down, suicides would go down, everything would go down. Everything will go down, but that's the but that stuff. It's like the simplest things. I really think even just hot tubs. If more people had a place they could go, like a hot tub they could sit in for fifteen minutes a day, and just just let it let it let it shed, just shed that shed that stress, let it melt away. Be um, better. I am so pro hot tub. Every Airbnb that I get, I always click the hot tub filter and uh -huh. look through that first. Once I got one, the only time that I ever felt I was screwed over on Airbnb <laughs> was was I I looked for one and I I was I was like uh, it was a new listing right. And always suspect right there. New yeah, suspect. There wasn't a picture of the hot tub. <laughs> and I was like, eh, 
usually you'd have a picture of the hot tub. Like, yeah. I've gotten plenty of hot tub Airbnbs. And so I wrote him, I was like, is there a hot tub there? And then and I see her new listing, and then he was like, uh, yep, it's in the master bath. And I was like, he means a jacuzzi, mm-hmm. right? Like, this isn't a hot tub. Oh, well, like, I'll just get it. I don't want to mess it. There wasn't a whole lot of options in the Jacuzzi means a tub that has the jets, right? Yeah. It's, so I, I didn't realize that was a difference. I always thought those were just, like, regional differences. But jacuzzi is different than a hot tub? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, Shit, I, it's I didn't like, know it's that. like smaller. Like a jacuzzi is something that you wouldn't want to get um, in with your little brother who was with Because it's too small. And I was with him at the time. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, and, I didn't and, know that. I feel like this is an, I have a new world now. And then jacuzzi. we got there and it was um, just a regular tub with a shower. It was a tub that had the capabilities of getting hot. It was <laughs> not at all a hot, hot tub. tub. But yeah, that's a, that's a, hot tubs are amazing. They're the greatest. Yeah, yeah. They're so have you ever tripped in a hot tub? I haven't. I have fallen into one. <laughs> no, I've never. I haven't done that. I've. You know what? I, guess I worry I have, about saying that. By the yeah. way, with MDMA and MDA, it screws up your thermal regulation right. system. So maybe you shouldn't be in a hot tub. I. I feel like I'm not. I'm like a very cold person, and I can handle heat well. So I'm right. not as worried about having a stroke or whatever. I mean, basically, those things don't happen anyway. But I'm still yeah. going to give a disclaimer before Shane Moss said to get in a hot tub on drugs. Um, but Mushrooms. Oh it's my great. God. I've, I think I've done so. I think I've been in some hot springs when camping on some mushrooms. Mm. But I don't That's think I've ever fantastic. really done done the real the real deal. Mm. Yeah, there's all these great hot springs up in the uh, eastern Sierras that are just. It's like the, have you ever been in one of those before? No, my my um, my girlfriend's in Oregon and she's always raving. Got, we, we still haven't had a chance to go, uh, but she's always going with her friends. And it's stuff the greatest. And, yeah. It's one of the greatest things that exists. I remember the first time I did one, I couldn't believe like this is a real thing. This is just here, and we we can just hop in this little this little spring that's perfect perfect temperature and look out over the the sagebrush. But we're about five thousand, maybe four thousand feet up. Look at these rolling hills. The coolest thing ever was waking up one morning. We're camping on some BLM land, which probably you know about this whole thing now, right? Where they've the the Trump administration has opened up uh, a huge amount of federal lands to be up for purchase, and they've been given to the states to decide what to do with them. Hmm. So there's this huge swath of land, something like six, 65 million acres of land is now no longer federally regulated, but it's being regulated by the states within it. So essentially allowing it to, to just whatever it happened to it. Yeah, this yeah. is like some of the most incredible, it's, it's precious land. It's, like, it's the kind of thing where, I mean, there's always terrible things that have happened, but this one is just, it's the kind of thing that has the potential of bankrupting this American legacy to the extent, well, it'll ne- it'll it'll never be. It might never be the same. Could well, be maybe perfect. they'll put some roller coasters on. Yeah, there you go. Some roller coasters. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. There's this one place where you stay, we camped at, and you wake up at like the crack of dawn, like right the first light of dawn, and you look out on the horizon, and all you see are different little like steam, little columns of steam rising, because mm-hmm. you can see at that time of day the temperature different differentiation is so such that. And there's just enough light where you can see where all the hot springs are. Even like, t- there's like tiny little, just a puddle, but you can see this fucking steam coming up. And it's like, oh my God, this is crazy. You just mm. feel like you're in some sort of a, 
like a different world, really. It feels like it's like a it's a trip in a sense. I mean, I think that uh, I think a big thing is is people just don't know how to relax. I yeah. think they are overworked, and and we have this mentality as, of like. You just have to work as hard as you can all of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and and people, um, I mean, uh, to figure out how to inform people that this isn't how the best ideas come to you. No. The, the best ideas come to you when you're not thinking about work. When you're, you're like not trying the, to come up with a good idea. Yeah, you're washing dishes or in the shower or driving yeah. or something like that. Um, the... I mean, our non-conscious mind does so much work for us if, right. you, if you give it breaks and, and how important rest is. The, the idea of like, I'll sleep when I'm dead is like, well, you're going to die pretty yeah. quick then. Yeah. Like, you'll be dead a lot faster. That's the good news. And, and, I, and, and people, I think people are so burnt out. And, and then when they do finally relax, they just like pass out in front of the TV mm-hmm. or whatever at the end of the day. And... Yeah, just to get people to um, relax and give themselves just some time to contemplate. I'm not saying everyone should be doing drugs all the time or whatever, but but like if you could just get people to slow the fuck down and stop right. stressing out so much. Well, then how do you do this tour? You're doing. <laughs> it's like you're saying that, yeah, and I, I look at your tour schedule, no, I and I can't even fucking imagine I, doing yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, tell, tell everyone what your tour schedule is or has been. Yeah, pretty much a new city every night for the last few months. How do you do that, I have been pretty worn down. Um, I'm pushing it. One, I absolutely love this tour. And so I just have, you know, when you're you're passionate and enthusiastic and enjoying it, um, you just have more energy. A lot of it, so just driving and getting to the gig, which my average drive is, let's say, three and a half hours a day. I have a four-hour cap now. At my age, I'm like... Well, actually, six. Six is my my hard cap. Mm-hmm. Four is the cap ideal, and two and a half is the what I would like it to be. Yeah. Well, sometimes I'll do like a six, but then the next day will be like an hour and a half or two hour yeah. drive or something. So it balances out. But I'd say the average is maybe three and a half hours. Okay. So I cannot. A three and a half hour drive is. I actually I listen to an audiobook mm-hmm. and get and. Get my have my voice recorder going and and um, make a couple business calls here and there right. and um, on Bluetooth of course <laughs> and 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 then at the end of it um, and and then I have to well I do have to get to the show about two hours ahead of time right. to set up like I have more merch than most bands do and then really? yeah it's I, I hadn't sold merch for like three years until this tour and now I just have like. I, I have stuff that it's actually cool. I, yeah. I've sold like really shitty things before that are so embarrassing, and I still don't necessarily like doing it. But but it's but it's, it's at least it, stuff that I like it doing. Makes money. Yeah, yeah, and it's also like, eh, I like I have this adult coloring book based on my act. Oh, cool. That is like, I'm like this is just a cool idea that yeah. I came up with and uh, had someone make for me. So. So anyway, that cuts into my time, and then selling it for and like having to stick around for you two hours. Right? I do, and yeah. then and then I have to. So that if I was just doing the show without dealing with the merch stuff, that would be another thing. So the, so the show with the merch and everything. If there's just one show, that's a six hour day, but it's not. But I I like performing right. and I like meeting people afterwards. Really, just the setting it up and taking it down is a little bit of a pain. So you know now that's like. Uh, three and a half hour drive, 
six hours of work. That's not that bad. Mm -hmm. And then, but some of it can be a pain in the ass with, uh, you know, figuring out the hotel situation and everything like that. I, I'm usually putting myself up somewhere. And then the main thing, the only thing that I'm falling behind on is the incredible amount of like emailing and stuff like that that I have to do. I represent myself now too, and okay. I'm also extending the tour, and that that takes a lot of time. Yeah. That's the only thing that I get worn down on. Everything yeah. else, not a big deal at all. Actually, you don't find it difficult to be sleeping in different places because I find it hard. For me, it's like a thing where one, I get exhausted from having to look in a lot of different, a lot of new people's eyes and faces. I find it to be like a thing where it's just. It's exhausting because you're interacting with someone else. Mm -hmm. And also just the idea of sleeping someplace new. There's like some part of my brain that just want the, that takes a night or two at some place to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. But you just have a, you're just like on this road mentality, right? Where you don't even think about it. It's like like being a pirate or something. Where you're just <laughs> sort of, you're kind of, uh, you it's, get to the yeah, hotel. I'm just a pirate, basically. You just don't. Uh, oh, you said pilot? No, pirate. Oh, but I guess pirate, like a, pi- yeah, pilot, a pilot, pilot and a pirate yeah, kind of yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. They're both travelers. They're I, both rugged individualists, <laughs> right? Um, I have zero problem sleeping ever, right. anywhere, anytime. Um, so I've, I've never had a tr- trouble with that. Um, meeting people afterwards, you know, uh, I've spent the majority of my career doing a show and then having people come up. And be like, hey, nice job. See you later. And yeah. it's like a little awkward and, yeah. and whatnot. Or some some people like just completely trying to avoid eye, eye contact with they you. Because they like it. That's or, a fucking crazy or they thing, don't, man. Or they don't want to like, if they say hi, then they got to like buy something from you, they yeah. feel like. Or whatever it is. But uh, And you don't know which one it is. Yeah, you that's can't making, know. You just can't know. And, but this tour is just something very different where people, I mean... If I let them, people would want to hang out for like two hours afterwards, just sharing their experiences yeah, with me yeah. and asking me things. And, and it's just, it's a, it's a, I just enjoy that way more than all of the saying. other times throughout my career. Yeah. And so I can make the energy for it because I'm actually like having a good time. Because you get energy from it as opposed to being drained by it. Yeah. You're, and you're it, at, yeah, you're getting something. It does. I mean, I can get tired sometimes. Yeah, you get tired. Someone, sometimes people are like asking me, like, oh my God, I don't have the fucking answers to every goddamn. Right. But I'm happy that they want to have. I I have been looking for people to that want to have like higher level conversations right. and talk about more interesting things for so long and like I said I've just never been able to figure out how to be like hey come and see this comedy show about how the brain works and so so you basically um, until built that it happens now. this is this is yeah I've I've built it you constructed this new exciting. reality that you wanted and by just doing it and that's what happens yeah and I have no idea what's going what I'm going to do after this tour. I'm taking it um, internationally and stuff. I have some other shows that I'm working on, but where are you going I'm internationally? Gonna have, uh, well, so I was going to do all the festivals this year. Got mm-hmm. pushed back to next year instead. So I'm there. There's festivals that go from like mid February to mid May in uh, Australia. Oh man! And Australia is by far. I mean, I love Australia. It's the greatest place. It really uh, is. It's like Austra- a safer, it's just, it's cleaner, um, it's California, smarter America. Yeah, it's like this some sort of crazy version of California, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, don't, I can't even describe it. 
It's just the best. And and they're they're also like just thinking about super it. Super chill. Oh, they're and, the chillest. Like, I mean, it's in their language and everything. No worries, you know. No worries. <laughs> oh, well, it's like, I don't for what that's right. Get on one of them. A lot of baby, right? Oh, be a ten pound vote for you, say. All right. All right, there. Great show. We'll love coming up here. And we'll stick around for a while. We've we'll been a senior. Just love it. No wonderful thing to do. All right. We're going to say there. I'll be around for some time. Driving out there. Love it. I'll say that. They're just so happy, too. <laughs> and they're always in, like, good moods, it yeah. seems. And uh, I love it's it It's a cool place. And also, they have, like, this base level. Everything's organic. Everything at it base is. level's organic. McDonald's is organic, yeah. grass-fed meat. It's, it's crazy. A, it, it's more expensive, yeah. but it's so good. Yeah. Um, I was only there for 10 days. I went with Duncan uh, opening for him on his tour in Australia. It was, yeah, it was just, and that was just for a very short period of time. Like 10 days is mm -hmm. not that, when we did like seven cities, so it's not a whole lot of time, but. That's what I'm planning on to do this year. So the people that are putting those festivals together for me for next year mm -hmm. are trying to line up just a small tour this year to just to get a feel for how well the show's going yeah. to do in particular markets. So we know how big of a room to get for these festivals. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't started working on this yet, but I think I'm definitely going to do a Canadian tour sometime this year. And then I'm hoping to do a UK one as well. I just haven't had time to line up everything and reach out to promoters. And you, have, I, that, you have time to do like the most work ever? Yeah, You have time yeah. to do like the most complicated <laughs> work that's actually... Yeah, any tour I've ever planned has just been, okay, here we go. Let's sit down for three hours and not stop doing... Clicking and text and email and call and leave a message and here's the information. Here's this this day. Oh, what day are we flying? We're landing here. We're landing here. We'll fly out then. Okay, we're gonna fly out then. So you're gonna land here. So this time. Oh, what's the capacity? It's just like all these numbers and shit. Yeah, it's so complicated. Million things. So that's the stuff that I'm definitely falling behind on. That is definitely when I am worn down. It's because I force myself to put in that three hours of work right. or whatever. That because I'm just so far behind on everything. And but but I have a few. In February, I have a little bit of time off here and there just so I can get caught up on all that and extend everything because I'm also extending my U.S. tour, which is originally going to be like 60 cities and it was 80. Now it's at like 95, but it'll be like 120 whenever. 120 seven, cities. Pretty easily, yeah. I'd say at least that. I, are there that many cities? Everyone says that. Yes, there is, actually. And the interesting thing is because people are like, well, how does the psychedelic show go and like, Smaller cities and conservative areas and blah, 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 and, and it goes at least as good. I mean, I will say, the Northwest, like, mm -hmm. oh, starting from Washington and going down the coast prime, is bro. prime. Dude. Yeah, dude. And then, yeah, dude. Arcata. Like, you ever been to Arcata, California? <laughs> yes, I did yeah, that. I did the show twice yeah, in there. Dude. Those What's people up, are bro? lunatics. Yeah. And, trim, uh, trim, trim. You know, like Denver, Austin, yeah, Asheville, dude. Madison, yeah, those up? sorts of things. And, but... A lot of these smaller cities are like just so hungry for it. Mm -hmm. we, we were talking a little bit about yeah. this before the podcast. How the hipsters there, yeah. they have to out hip everyone else because they feel so much. They don't. They're so scared of being aligned with the, the masses of ignorant rednecks that they mm -hmm. go the extra mile to be. Yo, man, I know it's up. Like it's like a, it's like a vis like a wink. They're wearing a wink. <laughs> And they don't hey, they don't get that stuff. Oh yeah, so as, as so much as stoked. they'd want to. And and yeah. And, oh, the the other thing um the only other thing is when you're planning it, the things that you don't schedule. You're like, "Okay, I have enough time to do this, this, this." Mm -hmm. And then your brain I, I, 
I don't know if I was just overly optimistic, but you forget that things go wrong all oh, yeah. the time. I had three flat tires on the tour so Jesus. far. Um, one, two of them weren't that big of a deal because I had a tire pump. Could mm-hmm. just pump it, get it to a tire shop, fix the leak. One of them blew out. That was a bigger deal. I had right. to change a tire. Didn't have time. At the, um, I I had one where my car got broken too. Shit. I had to, and they busted out the window, and then I had to. This is your car. You're driving your car. Yeah. What kind of car you got? What's what's the? Well, I just gave it away, but it's a Hyundai Elantra 08. So this Hyundai. I just gave it away two days ago. Um, really gave it away? Yeah, yeah. Really? I, I wanted to donate it. Yeah. To an organization to help out, and because uh, I was leaving in Detroit, and I was like, "Yeah, that area could." It, the car has like 180,000 miles yeah. on it, and it just needs some work. Right. It, it runs fine, but it needs probably fifteen hundred dollars of work to like really get up to speed. It's just not worth that, and. Right. Um, and then I was going to donate, and I realized all these organizations, as I was doing research, ha- ha- like they just sell the car off and then yeah, use whatever money or whatever. And, and to sell my car off, it's not worth that much. I just wanted to get it to somebody, and so I just put an ad on, uh, or I, I, not an ad, I just posted on Facebook. I was like, does anyone want this car in Detroit? That's like someone took it down and out or whatever. And uh, yeah, someone took it. But but I have... How'd you get home? You flew back? Yeah, I flew back. So no, now what are you going to do? Now I fly and I rent cars everywhere. Okay. And then once I get settled and reassess everything, I'm thinking after my uh, international tour next year, I want to buy a van and then do a similar tour to this, but line it up better. So I'm only in areas with Nice. It, not not to sleep in, just to like take naps once in a while. And yeah. between, when we're talking about having to do like, these four hour drives, I would love to. You know, you come up with a great idea when you're driving. Mm-hmm. Um, voice recorders are great and everything, but it would be nice to just pull over in a rest area, have a little desk and back, and yeah. just write for twenty minutes, meditate for ten minutes. Take. With the car, even just to rest my eyes for twenty minutes, like my seat wouldn't even recline because yeah, it's so it's packed full same. of shit. Um, but yeah, I had my car broke into, and then I had to, I had to tape up the window because no one had a window in Wichita that uh, where I was. Wichita, fucking it's Wichita. It's like trains, automobiles. That part in that movie, remember? Uh, like, no, people train don't go to Wichita. <laughs> people train goes to <laughs> Stubville. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember that part. Where was I? Oh, so then I had to go to Kansas City. I forget if that's like a five-hour drive or something. Jesus and then I had man. to find an Airbnb. I looked up for ones with like pictures of a garage or, or there's a garage at their house. So yeah. I could, and then put I reached out to them, put it in the garage overnight, got, got, a, got a windshield lined up, and then I went. And I, uh, the next morning, got the windshield replaced, and then I even stopped. I had to go to Memphis, which is like a six-hour drive. But I was like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to, I'm going to get my oil changed. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to get everything. I want to make sure that my car is in nice working order. And about a half hour from my place in Memphis, my tire exploded. Jeez. And I had to take. Uh, it was too late to change it, so I had to take an Uber to the venue. And then the next day, someone had to drive me back. I had to change. So out you the take tire. this all in stride? Do you feel like? Yeah, you actually, I, you I seem pretty like, chill. Yeah, yeah. You seem yeah. like this is, this is not something that's kind of make, make you uh, get steamed up. No, I was you actually some of the up. stuff. I was just like, all right, I can handle yeah. this. I was like, I just kind of proud of myself yeah. for being able to just like, I could, I could fucking right. whatever. I'm not gonna let this. Uh, ruin my tour. Yeah, you can't. But it just happened all the time. And then two days last last uh, Friday, so I gave my car away on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Last Friday, my car broke down on me. <laughs> 
and I had to get that fixed, and I was on the way to the gig. So you need to factor in, as far as I can tell, if you're, I, I'm about 80 cities in, and you have to factor in um, three flat tires, uh-huh. a car break-in, and a car breakdown into a 80-city tour. And so it's, it's those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, you should count on it. It's those sorts of things that really, like, all of the stuff that, if everything just goes the way it's supposed to, not a big deal. When shit like that happens and you lose five hours of sleep that you really mm-hmm. needed, that's when Trust that's when you start getting run down, then you get a cold and, yeah. you know. Well, so how did you keep that stuff from happening? How did you keep it from getting, from getting run down? and getting sick and stuff. I just did sometimes. Sometimes I got a little... You did? Okay. I, I got really run down and sick right before Christmas break. Okay. The last three shows before Christmas break, I could barely talk. I Those could were barely a get through them. But you did them. And then I did them and then I had like a few days off and then I did a show and then I had like two weeks off. There's no consideration of canceling a show ever for you? Mm, no, you not just unless can't. I have to. Really? Yeah, like I, I even worry about... Um, you know, like my grandparents getting older and stuff like that. And, and they die and, when you're on tour. it's like, ah, oh, shit. Well, like, how would I, I got to go, but how would I make time? I, yeah. I basically never can. I, no, I've never canceled a gig in my entire career, actually. Is there something um, about touring to you that's almost like a, it's almost like an addiction of sorts? Like it's this thing, not an addiction, but like a thing where you, it's like a compulsion where you feel like this is your element, so that's why you do it so much and so and with such with such rigor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I just love the road. I always have. I mean, okay. I, I technically or I've I've lived in L.A. for a while. I never even attempt to get spots anywhere in town. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I mean, I. I do spots when people ask me to, um, right. and and that's about it. I I just and I I don't. Um, you just I, like traveling, I, I being I, on the road. I, I do. I I don't. I'm not like writing TV shows or movies or like or I have no interest in acting really or any of that other stuff. I just really really like being on the road. So, so it makes it easier. Did you? Is there a point in time you feel like? Because obviously, if you're doing that, you're doing this all. You're all, but you're by yourself this entire time. Mm-hmm. That's what to me always gets me. Is like that isolation aspect of it. Which, I love being by myself. See, yeah, I, I see you smiling. I know you're gonna say that. <laughs> you love it. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. People, some people just love it. Uh-huh. You just like you like being by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like just having my own time and just right. sitting by myself and just like really getting into my imagination and and I, I I will say this tour has been I haven't been able to write jokes as much as I, I'm still adding tons and stuff, right. tons of material all the time to my psychedelic show just mm-hmm. by the nature of I'm doing it every night and yeah, so I riff on things and it's fresh in my mind all the time and I'm always thinking of a few little things here and there but I haven't had time to just sit down and write the thing like other ideas that pop into my yeah. head that I'm very interested in and that that's one thing that I miss from the regular my regular road life is you know, Wednesday through Saturday yeah. at, at a club, and I'm in one place and have plenty of time during the day for that sort of thing. But I love just sitting in a hotel room and writing and not talking to anybody. Do you find that the because the clubs I have problem doing the club dates because I find it to be like this exhausting thing of having to being when you're in a club. It's a different. It's different than doing a one night show. To me, is is great because it's like you leave it all out there. I go out there, do one show, and just fucking. To want to get wound up and just do it as hard and as fast and as, as great as I can, 
But then when it's like a club type environment where it's like, oh, I've got a show at nine after this, it's hard for me because I just, it takes so much energy. One show takes so much energy already, let alone repeating that to a whole new group of people. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also the clubs are so limiting because, uh, you know, I'm not someone that's uh, necessarily a name. I mean, I'll get people in, say, say I get like, 20, 30 people, maybe even 50 people mm-hmm. into a show at a club per night. 50 would be a lot if, I have, know if you. I have five shows. People that know yeah. me and are interested. That's still the vast majority of people who have no idea who I am. And, that, and that, that's work. That's, that, me, that's fucking work. work. It is work. Yeah. And it's not. It's just not as fun. Yeah. Um, and you have to cater to them a little bit more, mm-hmm. and you don't get to do some of the material that you like doing. I liked being able to do both, though. Um, yeah. Like I just did my. I just did my regular club act for the first time since August, um, a week or two ago. That's a clown act, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's just I dress up like a um, a clown and yeah. and then uh, yeah, I love that. I love doing that myself too. And yeah. it's a lot, yeah, it's mostly horns and stuff. Yeah, um, the horns. I mean, pe- people everywhere love horns. It's just a thing. It's like a. I think it's a brain programming thing. They just like the sound of that. The honk honk. It just they can't get enough of it. Yeah. Um, I was actually meaning to tell you about. I was hoping maybe uh, just to let you know, like the the horn thing is like it's kind of my. I kind of just because I've been, you know, I've been doing yeah. the clown and the horn. Thing, well, I do like, air for, horn. It's a different. Oh, it's an okay. air horn. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's not. I, it's not just a trumpet. Made it really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was. It was definitely. It was fun to to dust off my old club act, which is just funny stories that don't mean anything to me. Yeah. They're just funny, and that's it. And it, fun for the sake of it, and that was fun to do. One week, uh, you know, yeah. uh, when I haven't done it in a long time. But when I'm, uh, which was the most of my career, most of my career, when I was doing this week after week, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that that would that it wears you down when you aren't passionate about it and you don't like doing it. That yeah, much. it's definitely. It's just so. I find it. I'm, I decided I'm, I just don't want to do it anymore because I have no. Mm-hmm. I'm just, trying to no stay point. out of clubs as much as. Or I mean, I, I do. I do like now when I do clubs, it's usually the best clubs, and right. I'm doing it on and off night when right. people are. No one is showing up by accident. Right. It, yeah. No one's showing up because they heard exactly. it on the fucking radio, right. or they got like a they got flyer. I keep thinking it'll be fun to do a tour, like a maybe a five show tour, that is off nights that they've been. The, I want to have it be so everyone in the audience doesn't know me. So purely papered, and it's basically a tour that's engineered where every show is a bombing show. Wouldn't that be funny to tape it? To do every fucking to do every show to a room full of people who have got free tickets and they don't know who I am and they immediately hate me <laughs> and just to see what it'll be like to just to bomb and just like to be like drowning for almost an hour on stage for a couple like couple shows. I mean, you don't need to line up a tour to do that. Well, maybe like, like you three, will three bomb. shows, three like, shows. Like there's gonna be times. When, but I want to set it up so bomb. it's just like I had this one show. It was at a funny bone, I think. And 
in Pittsburgh or some someplace around there. And it was in well, you know those new office park places where they have like the Barnes and Noble and a Starbucks and mm-hmm. a and a movie theater and everything's made of fucking cardboard mm-hmm. and it's just got slapped together because it's like right outside of an area, so you have to drive there. It's one of those fucking shitty they have like little very cookie cutter kind of cookie cutter, uh, like little fucking trash, little yeah. shit trees that are you could break off with your hands. Mm-hmm. Just like that kind of crap. It looks like a Walmart parking lot. Mm-hmm. I did a show there. It was on an off night for some tour. It was like a sponsored tour, and it was just the worst. But it was kind of it was, was kind of great because it was so bad that I was like reveling in the terror of it. It was just this yeah. thing where you're looking at this. Like always, people, you all, you're all terrible people here. You're all just the worst. You're interrupting me. You're talking to me. Why am I on stage? Like it's just so bad. But even though I had this terrible set, I, I felt great afterwards, just because I don't know something about that. Something about 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 a, a terrible set that you sort of look at as being that and nothing more. Yeah. How that's better than having sort of a mediocre to good set. Yeah, I mean, you can have sets so bad that it's like art, you know? Yeah, where I just like, yeah, we just start just digging deeper. Like, yeah. how how deep can this fucking go? Like, help me. Bring a shovel to the show and we'll destroy this place. Make sure I'll never get asked back. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's been a little while since I've bombed that hard but that's only because I will start catering yeah. to the crowd it's not to get fun. myself out of it but um it's like getting burned I, in the stove you just know at this point where yeah. you're not going to learn any you're not going to learn any more from the bombing in this place yeah yeah so you might as well do the do the shit work of of catering to these the people who you would never, you'll never see them again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I have those nights. Yeah, they are. Whew. I want to ask you ab- about some of the DMT stuff again mm-hmm. before we before we close sure. up, because that's something like I'm super interested. In, and I mean, recently I had like a really heavy accidental acid trip that was uh, like I overdosed basically on acid by accident, mm-hmm. like an extreme amount. I had this really bad. I talked about it in Trussell's podcast. Just it just came out today, which is going to be, who knows? I talked about it at length with him, and uh, but basically it was just this, it was a terrible trip because I was unprepared. I thought it was microdosing, and I accidentally gave myself probably two full hits of LSD, mm-hmm. and it was not prepared at all. I had all these things scheduled for that day, and it was it was a nightmare. It was like a real like heavy duty ego crushing kind of identity loss like at the beginning of the podcast you talked about the whole re- like oh the different realities and I definitely had that experience during the peak of it where I was home and I was alone and I was thinking about reality the nature of reality and stuff and how this is the reality that we're in right now is is one reality and I was like, kind of like laughing and it was so it was so absurd to me that that this is that we all care so much about the things going on here mm-hmm. when I was in this place where I was kind of dipping my head brain or my soul whatever it was in something else and kind of also looking at this the one that I'm that we're in right now and it was the first time I've ever had that happen where I was fully like detached from reality in the sense where I can almost see like like life didn't matter Something where, like, my, I feel like my life right now in this universe, it just, it seems sort of uh, flippant almost, where, like, who cares what happens? It doesn't matter because it's just this one reality. And 
I wonder, I just wonder if that is at all. Obviously, this is a bad trip because I wasn't prepared for it whatsoever. And it was just all these factors came together to make it something where it was not how I would like to, how I ever like to do psychedelics, so the opposite way. But I wonder how, I mean, that's probably not, it's not similar to DMT, but there's got to be some elements to that that, that is, that's like DMT, right? Yeah, I mean, so a few thoughts. One, I mean, depending on how you look at it, life doesn't matter. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, it just yeah. depends on how you look at it. Right. I, I mean, meaning is very contextual and, uh -huh. and subjective. Um, but, and sometimes, so, so one thing that psychedelics uh, can do, I'm trying to think of. Uh, they can kind of break down these areas of the region that put together your sense of self yeah. and mm -hmm. um, inhibit some of those connections. And so all of a sudden your your self doesn't doesn't seem so clear anymore. You don't know who you are. And but I think that I think that that's where some of the creativity comes from. Um, like, say, uh, say you have. Uh, like a complete breakdown and you're suicidal and like nothing in the world matters and it's uh -huh. all like once absolutely nothing really matters to you i think that you can make some connections mm -hmm. that you simply cannot make when when things do about. matter and when you're concerned about it and so i think that some of those some of those darker areas that mm -hmm. no one really wants to feel um, can can be a way of opening up new doors and new right. possibilities. I've I've had some some of the worst. I've had times when I like wasn't able to get out of bed for like two weeks at a time. Basically, you have? yeah. When and, like because of what exactly? Well, I, I had chronic depression for most of my life, but okay. I but then just once in a while I get hit with like a really really bad really? episode. So how re like, when's the last time you had something like that happen? Um, it would have been, it would have been, um, so I, I, about two, almost three years ago now, and I, I broke my feet and then I was on crutches for a year and right. I went through some things and it was, it was fine. It didn't matter. I was, right. I was handling it really, really well. This is a pretty severe accident. Yeah. Physical, and physical I, accident. And like, I got a lot of material out of it right. and talked about it endlessly on podcasts and was able to like, you know, which is a form of therapy right. and I was able to process it. And, and then at the end of it. I was on a cane um, after I moved. I finally got off crutches, and I was on a cane, and I was all excited. It was like light at the end of the tunnel, and then I thought wrongly um, after, after a little while that I was like, oh, no, this might be, maybe there is, maybe my foot's not going to get any better than this, right. and maybe it's going to be this painful every single day for the rest of my life. Right. And, and that was, it was just like when I thought I was through it, and and then I also was the so there was another thing that was going along with that I had uh, broken up with or my ex and I had broken up mm -hmm. it was pretty mutual and um, and so I and I took after after this one relationship I decided I wanted a year zero relationships right. zero sex zero anything I'm not gonna think about women I'm not even gonna check women out nothing mm -hmm. and I did that and so after that and it was like the clearest my head's ever been in my mm -hmm. life but in the meantime I also broke my feet and blah 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 and, and which also if 
if you're trying not to get laid, breaking your feet is a great way to not meet new women. Um, oh, I thought you were about to say the opposite. Oh, no, no. Okay. Because you, say, you, well, say if, you can't be out and about. I always thought it was there's this sympathy thing. It's like carrying around a puppy or something. No. Oh, no, really? I, okay. I, well, there's actually some interesting evolutionary psychology um, stuff about how how our non-conscious can't recognize um, things like temporary conditions. They don't know, like there's a part of your non-conscious oh. that can see something like that and not, and doesn't know if it's a genetic defect. Mm-hmm. So they think it's, it's, you're like lame, so you just it, want to stay away from them yeah, because they don't want to yeah, procreate. Yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate <laughs> and dark. Um, but, uh. but so at the same time, I just started trying to like get back into uh, dating again. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I think I had like, I, I, it wasn't going that well. I had some really awkward moments because I hadn't, one, I'd had nothing but long-term relationships with the ladies, and I had never really done a ton of dating in the first place. Yeah. And and so, anyhow, it was just, like, not going well, and, and then um, I just had this full-on mental breakdown where I just could not... I mean, I could get up and do a show if I had to, but other than that, I was like, if I didn't have a show, I would just lay in bed. It was a little bit slow over time for me too, and I would like I didn't shower for like four or five days at a time, so and like, the, but, was ordering food and like barely able to like I could barely get out of bed to like go to the bathroom, and then from that, I came up with some of the best ideas of my life, and and I figured out so many things because I was able to get into. I often feel like I need to kind of hit these like rock bottom moments to come up with these incredible ideas that I just can't foresee any other way. So, but you, you didn't say exactly what threw you into that place. Was, was it, was anything particularly like a, like a precursor to that or just sort of kind of came out of nowhere? I, I think one, I just struggled with depression normally. Actually, it, it kind of went away sl- shortly after that. Really? Um, I, it hasn't really come back, but um, but but just but just the idea of of thinking, I was like, okay, great. Now I'm gonna get back on my feet. I'm gonna be doing well again. And then I thought maybe I was going to be in pain for the rest of my life. Oh, so it just sort of hit you this it just the realization hit me. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you said when you were in bed and I'm super depressed, what was the stuff that that got you out of it? Like just what, finally what? creating some um, some new ideas and, really? and kind of thinking of some different directions. When you say idea, and you mean like a like a so like an things, invention. <laughs> <laughs> I, I built about, a time machine. I found a new way, a new sort of way to serve coffee. Um, for coffee example, cup. this uh, like this show that I'm doing right. and figuring it out and how to market it and everything mm-hmm. else was was something that all clicked into place okay. at that time, and yeah. I got really excited. And then a few other projects that. I'm still working on and ideas for my podcast that that has have since helped my podcast take off quite a bit, and um, and so I just kind of figured it out. Like mm-hmm. I, it was just a lot of a lot of um, I I came through it with a sense of direction and a right. sense of purpose, as opposed to just sort of being aimless and sort of just. Touching a lot of buttons. Yeah, in yeah, an elevator. yeah. That's what I just did. I touched all the elevator buttons because <laughs> I went, oh, let's check out this floor. Let's check out this floor. What's it this floor? Instead of, oh, I know we have to go to 14 because that's where the thing I want is. It's on 14. Yeah, yeah. So you just push one. So um, so DMT is, is can do the same thing, I mean, minus the depression, but, but just the idea of making you 
breaking down every possibility you had previously thought because you have to be like, what in the world was that that I just saw that's unlike anything I've ever seen in my entire life? And I, I, I mean, it can be... A lot of times you're talking with entities, it seems like, Mm -hmm. and like flying through these different tunnels and visiting these strange worlds. And I feel like it just opens up this world of possibilities within your mind. And I also think that, I mean, my take on it is different than almost everybody else's. Really? I believe that our, I believe it's insight into, I don't think it's a different dimension or gods or anything like that, although I get it most of it. it looks like that mm-hmm. sometimes, and I don't blame people for thinking that's what it right. is. But I think that our I think that our inner world is very much like uh, the movie Inside Out in a way, which is a fun little children's representation I of seen the brain. That. It's just uh, I, I think that we have different um, a little. There's little I, dudes in there. I think there's little dudes in our brain for uh-huh. sure. I, I think that. Um, you know, you have a bad idea and you forget about it, and then that idea comes back a month later, mm-hmm. and you hadn't thought about it since. Now it's a great idea, mm-hmm. um, and it just made some sort of changes along right. the way, but it hasn't been in your actual consciousness for a month, and the last time you saw it, it was a horrible idea. Right. I think our idea, idea, and this is just one example, I think our ideas can take shape and form within our minds and then be run through all of these different simulations and even replicate and clone themselves Mm -hmm. and then be run through all these different simulations and then when certain ones survive, I think it's, I think it's like, um, I, I think it's like a that it evolves. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it does. It's like evolution for ideas. Mm-hmm. It, um, it's like, yeah, this evolutionary testing ground right. of where different ideas evolve in different ways, and then the fittest ones kind of pop back into your mind. And so it's almost like the brain is doing a, what do they call it, simulation tests, mm-hmm. a simulation outcome tests on things, and it takes a while to, do, to run the simulation, and once they run the simulation with a certain, like, oh, we're going we're gonna to put yogurt in this in this uh, dryer, and we're going to run it for an hour and see what happens. Yeah. We'll, we'll report back to you and let you know what the outcome was. <laughs> and then and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah that, okay. that yogurt uh, dryer idea, no, yeah. you, you don't need to work You have on to that put one. a lot more yogurt in, <laughs> and so you have to decide if you want to put a lot of yogurt in the dryer. If you do, that's okay, but it's going to cost them a certain amount of yogurt, and it might be better off using something like an agar gel or whatever that stuff's <laughs> right. they, they sub substrate for bacteria growth. <laughs> um, and so... <laughs> <laughs> That's what my brain's thinking about. It's trying to formulate that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of yogurt and dryer yeah. ideas. Um, and, and then I also think that we all have um, different personalities that, yeah. you know, especially... Um, you know, when you're on stage, as opposed to say when you're visiting your family yeah. at, at the holidays, I think that we have these different selves that we that our brain can quickly gain access to. So mm-hmm. that if we're um, all of a sudden in an environment that we're say around children or something like that, so now now you got to kind of access this guy who doesn't swear and yeah. says appropriate things and blah blah blah. And then and then if you're around uh, around. Uh, you know, your girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have these different kinds of personalities, right. and 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 I I believe that they have actual, they all those beings actually do live within our inside our heads. Cool. And then I think a lot of them, a lot of them don't. He's realize. crazy. Get him out of here. 
<laughs> okay, shut it. Shut it down. He's crazy. Get him out. <laughs> Get him out. Down. Get him yeah! out. Uh, he's Roger. He's talking. He's talking about beings in our heads. This is not factual. Get him out. Get him out of here. <laughs> Get him out. <laughs> um, and I, I think that. Uh, um, I, I think that these ideas themselves kind of gained a form, or, or these beings inside of our heads kind of gained their own form of consciousness. Right. And I think that the way that they see this world, which is like this weird, um, like fractal-like holographic world yeah. of perception inside our heads, is limited by our minds. And so they see like the, the parameters of, of like everything that's in our head is everything that's in their world. Mm -hmm. And so to them, they're like gods within this world and they think they're in charge of this mm. thing and so when you actually see them uh, they're, if you can if, if you like ask them what they are and stuff they're like oh I'm everything I'm everything that there is I'm like, well this is just classic egocentrism here like everything that you can see is everything that you know and so you think that it's everything and then you think you're in charge of it like we, we're all we're all kind of gods within our own minds, and I think some people. Uh, I think it's very easy to worship yourself, and mm -hmm. and, and and be tricked into worshiping you. I think a lot of people hallucinations kind of project themselves onto the environment so much so that people think that it's coming from the environment and not within themselves. Like, what's an example you could think of that that would be easy to understand or explain? Um, that's really interesting to me. Hmm. Well, I mean, I I literally had that argument with a with a world inside my head. I was like, "What is this?" And right. I was like, "Well, I'm everything." I'm like, "What? What do you mean?" And then, like, the right. next time I go in, I'd be like, "Well, what are you again?" Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, "I'm everything." This what do you mean what, by that? This like, is during a DMT experience. Yeah, yeah. It's like, "Oh, I'm everything that there is." So then, the next time I go in, I'd be like, "So, so you're." Every, I, I'm like, I even explained to her. I was like, no, no, I think this is classic egocentrism, mm -hmm. like basically what I was telling you. And, and I'm like, I think it seems like you're everything because you're in my head and that's everything that there is to you, but you're not everything. And it's right. like, well, whatever, dude, I'm everything. And I was eventually able to, like, there's this purple woman that I see mm -hmm. um, in there, and I was able to start convincing them that, like, they're all just different forms of consciousness that right. are that are um, that reside in my head. I had this purple woman one time when she started to kind of agree with me um, and realize that she was just this idea that took shape within my head. Mm -hmm. and she built this she built this cell of codes around her right and then she started doing this interpretive dance and throwing herself against these walls and like clawing at the at the walls to like show me that she realized she was trapped inside my head and couldn't get out and, wow. and I was just like oh, you know I don't know what to tell you I'm also stuck in my head that's yeah. you know we're all in the same boat here and uh, and so that's that's a one of, of many examples of wow of, of and and but when you first see things like that, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I just saw God or I saw some spirit. Yeah. Like that's your first glance at it. it right. It's like you're convinced that that's what you saw. But uh, I'm, I'm, uh, at the very least, question that. But I'm pretty convinced that it is not. But but then other people think there's all these different dimensions and that maybe mm -hmm. we just can't perceive them normally. And so during this time, you're yeah. able to tap into this different dimension. I am. Uh, 
I'm open to that idea, but I'm skeptical of it. So I'm skeptical ske- of my ideas as well, right. by the way. Yeah, I mean, because it's something where you can't... I always think of it the thing where uh, you can't... We can't know any of that stuff just because it's not something that we have... It's like if, it, if there's a color, if there's a color that we, you and I have never seen, you can't describe it because you've never seen it. It's mm-hmm. a thing where if you can't see... Like certain animals can see ultraviolet light, and so they can describe things in terms of how they look because they can see that. And if you can't see right. that, it doesn't 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 just not make sense. It just there's no there's no context for it whatsoever. So to describe it using the words that uh, don't have like it's just not it's not part of this. There's no intersection of vocabulary. Right, and it's not within your like kind of realm of possibilities. There's, there's no like the idea of something making sense doesn't even make sense. Yeah, like uh, try to imagine that you see yeah. through sonar. It's like, I mean, sure, you can make some movie where they can they, it, visualize but, it, but you're really but, just. But that's just, and it always is like such a. It's like, well, that just looks like what we see, and right. then you just put it in red and added some codes. Yeah. But that's not what sonar uh, looks like, or I'd be surprised if it uh, if it actually did. Yeah. It's a totally different perception. It's like one time I was meditating, and I heard a sound that I've never heard before. It's like this certain type of music, musical sound, mm. and something I can't describe, but it was this thing that I heard that was incredible. Like a, It was very pleasant to hear. It was like hearing... It was like hearing... The same way you feel if you're really thirsty and you're drinking something that's really pleasurable, like if you're like like, like chugging a beer, or like drinking a bunch of water, or jumping into a the perfect temperature of water. It was like it was hearing that. It was an auditory version of it, but it was not. I wasn't hearing anything. I was just. It was coming from, who knows where it's coming. It was coming from, from my head, but. It's a thing where you you can't I can't ever I can't rectify what that is I can't compare it to anything I just I can't it's something that can't exist outside of the place that it was experienced so it's this weird thing where we talk about psychedelics and or psychedelic states it's a thing where these things just can't they can't exist in each other's worlds and how do you how do you rectify that how do you like how do you make sense of that? That's something I always struggle with. Trying to articulate the psychedelic experience is what I have spent an incredible amount of time <laughs> doing and is still incredibly challenging. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think that there's ways that we can figure uh, figure out ways of, of trying to explain something. So at least even if someone can't picture it, if it can make enough sense for somebody. Yeah, because I think a lot of it has to do with emotions and stuff and feelings. I think for me that's how it feels. It's like a thing where... Because with me, with meditation, I feel like it's basically just forced dreaming. That's what you're doing when you're meditating is you're you're putting yourself... You have this way... It's like a trick. It's like a technique or a computer program you've taught your brain that allows you to step into this dream state and allows your brain to just sort of move through things the same way you're dreaming. Because I always think of dreams as being this sort of like the digester of thoughts and experience. It's this mm-hmm. thing where it's like a compost pile where the the experience goes in and it gets broken down slowly and it, how, the result is this thing that's very innocuous and safe and okay and actually helps feed more growth 
but it's there's a point in there when it's when the stuff is nasty and it's not it's not finished it's not hasn't been broken down well uh, a lot of times uh, they say the best way to kind of remember things is it's is to just make it as ridiculous as possible because the brain will like really attach to that so yeah. if you if you want to remember like a certain fact for school or a grocery list or something like that you just make up these ridiculous stories mm -hmm. so uh, so uh, you know like a um a, a a demon with like crazy teeth uh, that sharp teeth bloody teeth chewing on something to remind yourself that you need like floss or, <laughs> or toothbrush or whatever and your mind will remember yeah. that you need that stuff easier and i think that's a lot of what dreams are doing right and um and i mean a lot of times dreams are just a repeat of the day yeah and but but they'll get scary or crazy and intense mm -hmm. or whatever and a lot of that's just about kind of making sure that it it has this emotional impact on you because when it has an emotional impact on you your brain was like okay that was the important part yeah let's hold on to that but that's that's kind of i mean that's sort of exactly what i'm saying with your mm -hmm. with your the way that your brain is is creating these this like taking ideas and turning them into life within your head. Right. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's making something. It's like building a, putting a face on it, kind of. Mm -hmm. So what, if you, uh, if I want to do DMT for the first time, what I, what should I have to know? Um, what should I know? What should I think about? I would get, I would get, uh, well, one, since you, since you meditate, you're right. already off to a good start. Just really trying to remember to, uh, you know, not attach too much, not resist too much, not try to push things away. Just kind of let it flow through you. Near impossible. You'll 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 do DMT and 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 even if you're having um, a great time, you're still going to be kind of part of your mind is going to be really like trying to hold on to this reality. Right. Like okay. Um, I'm a human on a couch. I just smoked DMT. That's what I'm doing here. That's okay. how this is happening. And you'll you'll do that. Mm -hmm. And and the more you can kind of detach yourself from this reality and just forget that you're a right. human that just smoked DMT and not worry too much about that. It's yeah. it's really really hard to do. And I, I'm that is hard still to working do. on it. So the, and, the first time you did that was that something where that was like really present in your mind, like worrying about the like the d different realities being tapped being taken from the current reality or like you're saying like i'm uh, i'm here i'm on the couch and this is oh it's okay it's just so jarring and right. and it's just a completely different world and, and and so so part of your brain's like what's happening here did i just die am i am i gonna yeah. go back there did I, and so kind of so meditation i i feel helps tremendously with a lot of that to just uh, be accepting of that world as it is and um i mean you're gonna be back in 10 minutes anyway it might it's not 10 it, minutes really well it might seem like yeah. like sometimes it feels like a hundred lifetimes in there um really yeah it's uh that those are the intense ones when it is feels it, like you're gone for i mean sometimes it feels like i'll come back and it's like whew, that one felt like about 40 years and it's five or ten minutes is it scary 40 years at all uh, of that? no just like it's just like an area without 
time. Yeah. But, but but I think just because you're getting down to some of the raw processing parts of your brain, I think that I think that time is is so much different because your yeah. your brain can do things so quickly mm-hmm. on on those levels. Our perception of time, like like your your reflexes, if you touch uh, if you touch an oven before. Uh, your your hand will just your reflexes will take it away from that right. hot thing within actually it doesn't even send a signal to your brain before it moves your hand oh, it, it sends a signal straight back from your spinal column to be like get the fuck wow. and then after the fact you recognize that yeah. you, um that your hand was burning um but that's how quick that happens and yeah. so and so Thoughts and ideas mm-hmm. down in that world happen so fast that it seem it just seems like such a insane yeah. amount of time because the perception of time is so skewed. Um, I would say I really do like the mindfolds are really helpful, mm-hmm. uh, especially the first couple times. You can always experiment with them off. I think that I think like when I when I said that this world can be a glare on the TV. Sometimes this world can be like part of the DMT trip, and it's. And it's just really uh, confusing. It's jarring. Like, yeah, all of a sudden you're like, I'm looking at you. I smoke DMT, and then all of a sudden you're just like some chess piece or something right. like that. And and then and everything in here has just completely changed around. And it's the same, but it's a completely different thing. Um, that and seems then, difficult. It is. And then uh, and then. So I would say eyes closed is is good. Having uh, having someone to take the bowl from you or whatever you're using. It's okay. usually free based. There's a good the Steg vaporizer is a pretty good one. Right. Um, and because uh, then you can just fill the little bowl. You don't have to worry about measuring the correct amount and stuff. And it has get one with a clear glass globe so you can kind of see what's happening in there. And it's very smooth. Vaping it is super smooth. And then um, I I was. I sometimes listen to this band Spongle, which is Spongle. like, yeah, they make, they make music specifically for DMT oh trips. So they're like seven to eight, uh, seven to 10 minutes That's long. Interesting. And, and they're really weird and really intense. And okay. in DMT worlds can make a whole lot of sense. Sometimes it can be too intense for people. Sometimes for people, the music can just be too silly for them and it kind of okay. takes them out of it. But uh, those are th- some things to experiment with. And then also know that when you smoke it, uh, for you're you're going to freak the fuck out uh, for a little while. And Wait, how, so, what do you mean? How lo- what's a little to, while? So so say to get say to get say you're doing it in a way where you're you want like three or four hit. Basically, you want to have someone there to take it to take whatever you're using to smoke it mm-hmm. away from you whenever you can't like even manage to see it anymore. Okay. And you basically want to keep on smoking as much as you can until you have just left this existence and you can't like if you can still hold the bowl um or whatever you're using you probably haven't smoked enough. But oh. but from that to uh, from from nothing to there there's this intermediary level that is just like a really really scary hard intense mushroom trip that's kind of out of control and most people bail too early what do you mean they bail too early so they think they had too much or something went wrong God, or they had this enough is so and they crazy want to i didn't know any of this stuff man yeah and jesus so, christ it's kind of terrifying so honestly. then when you have like the third or fourth hit 
and you break through like you break through this other this like membrane of yeah. existence into this other space entirely right. and then most most of the time it's cool i mean it or i mean it's fine after that it can mm -hmm. be really jarring especially the first two minutes can be really intense um but really it's only like the first five minutes of a dmt trip are the meat of it and then after that the last five is just kind of processing and you're still getting some visuals and stuff but it, it's still it's not the same sort of thing so there's this so the thing is you don't want to not do enough yeah the the trouble with dmt is it's hard to do enough you, you don't want to do too little of dmt because uh, if you do too little it creates this experience that's just like an intense that's so interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. You have to. You have. You basically have to. It's like a plane leaving the atmosphere. You have to go at enough speed so you don't get pulled back into the gravity. Right. The, right. 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 God, Just that's like so. That. So it really is like a journey. It's like a scary. It's a. It's a scary <laughs> yeah. thing, man. Yeah. That's scary. Any anything that takes. I did this gym TV show years ago, and one of these one of the scariest cars I had to drive was this swamp this swamp racer and the whole thing with the swamp racer is it basically creates this hydroplaning effect so it's not safe unless you go a certain speed so it's this weird thing where if you don't go fast enough that's how that's dangerous yeah yeah that's such a fucking mind fuck whenever it is something is you have to go harder and faster for it to be safer there's just something about that in my brain i think probably a lot of people's brains that just it doesn't jibe you know yeah like it's, um it's, say 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 taking your hands off the handlebars on a bike yeah well if you're only going one or two miles an hour you're going to fall right fall. over yeah Fucked up, man. <laughs> damn, God damn it. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, DMT is weird. Oh, I, I had no idea. So you really have to just punch through that veil, huh? Yep. And so have you ever had it where you didn't punch through? Yeah, many times. And so did you... For me, it was just like disappointing. Okay, because... So your first experience with it, did you punch through? Yes. You did. Okay, yeah, so... first several. First several ones you punched through. So the, it's, oh, it's so interesting. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. What a strange thing. So you have to get to that, get through to where there's, or it's like swimming in it. There's a thousand analogies, but I keep thinking like if there's two caves, you have to swim through an underwater tunnel. You have to swim hard and fast enough to get to the air. And if yeah. you don't, you're going to be in this area where you're like fucking suffocating or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah, good luck to everybody. Jesus Christ. F finding DMT is real difficult as well. <laughs> you really have to, like, put yourself out there. Don't, and... people, make, don't people make it from, from sort of things that are commonly available? Mm-hmm. You okay. can. No, it's it. not that hard to make, but now you're manufacturing drugs. Right. So, so, so think about that. <laughs> <laughs> the Internet. Thank God. If only there was something called the Internet we could use. <laughs> Um, so where, where, where can people see you next on the road and stuff like that? Uh, I would just go to ShaneMoss.com and, right. and take a look at my tour schedule. I'm adding dates all of the time. Um, S-H-A-N-E-M-A-U-S-S dot com. You go there. It's all there. So you add, you'll add a tour date if anyone asks. Like, will you come here? You'll just go there, right? Mm -hmm. I hard. mean, I, I mean, if I if I already uh, have done the city, right, you might be a little bit out of luck, and I've already done most cities. But um, I'm also planning on doing this. I, I want to record this for a special, and then go back to some of the cities that that were the best and had like the most, you know, sold out by a lot and had to turn away like a hundred people or whatever. I'm planning on maybe going back to some of those cities and doing bigger venues. So I might do this tour again. Do it um, up. Yeah, we'll see. 
Thanks for being here, Sean. Thank you. Shane, John, I just said your name wrong. That's a great way to end it. Sean. Well, you spelt it correctly right before that. This is music now from the Wipers. Or Wipers. This has been Live to Tape on Feral Audio. Please rate, review, subscribe, and check out the Twitter. And make sure you're up to date and informed. And really walk in there with your scheduling and dates. Bye. Thanks, everybody.